0: This is the first podcast of August, which is also my birthday month, and so I've gotten a. I've been checking the risky business emails lately. Everybody is wanting to know, Chaz, what are you getting me for my birthday?
1: I don't think anyone has asked you that because I actually have access to the same email and I haven't seen that.
0: So. So you're calling me a liar?
1: Yes. On record. Liar. Oh, Cause let it, me guess. It was a lie.
0: Since I got all this poison ivy on my face, it's God punished me, right? Is that what you're going to say next? No. I'm unclean, right? You know how many leopard jokes I got today? Too much. Too.
1: Too. Too. Too much. Um, I'm guessing two leopard jokes.
0: Something like that. Yeah. But, uh, no off days. What? No off days.
1: I mean, I understood you, I just didn't understand the context. You just said no off days. No off days. Like in the gym, you have to work every day? You work 365 days a year? or
0: I work leap years.
1: Me too. I don't know anyone that gets the whole leap year off.
0: No, that's the only time I work is leap years.
1: So you work every I haven't worked
0: since fifth. 2014, I think, or 20, yeah. 2011, something like that. You should work more. No, listen. I feel like you got a lot of debt. Listen, since we're trash talking to each other right now, I actually wanna uh outside so Atlanta this past uh weekend and Have you ever been like on a football in a football game or on the basketball court, and somebody referred to their opponent as like their son or their child, basically calling them basically. Saying, I'm your dad. You yeah. Know, basically saying, I'm over you. Well, in Atlanta this weekend, uh, I saw a guy take it to a whole nother level. Okay. Uh, he was screaming at somebody at a, bus, at a bus stop. And... Was he on the phone or, like, talking to another he, human? He was talking to another human at the bus stop. This guy's driving on the road. He's on the road in a car, screaming at somebody at a bus stop. I don't know what caused the altercation... But the guy stuck his head out the window and he said, Hey, brother, I'm a pimp. I'll do something to you. Wow. Screaming it. He just (laughs) blurted out he's a pimp.
1: And he'll do something to you.
0: Yeah, he didn't go into specifics. But if I had to guess, he's, you know, he's probably saying something like, uh, I'll sell your body for $3 and you can only keep a dollar of it. There ain't nothing you can do about it.
1: See, that's where we're gonna part ways in agreement. So, I don't think that he was offering him a job in prostitution. It's just an assumption. Well, he was probably talking more along the lines of physically hurting him. Mm.
0: Maybe. Or maybe he was saying, uh, I'll have you walk in the Atlanta bypass in a mini skirt and there ain't nothing you can say about it. Once again, I don't believe that he was offering him a job. Well, the point of the matter is, this guy said he was a pimp and he'll do something to him. And all I'm saying is that's a whole nother level. He was basically saying though, no. you know, athletes are not they'll say, I'm your dad, you're just my son. This guy went on another level and he said you're my hoe. I'm your yeah. I'm your pimp, and you're just, you're just my little hooker.
1: Yeah. I
0: thought, man, dude, just screamed it.
1: And he said it in a derogatory way.
0: Very derogatory, very uh, condescending against prostitutes.
1: God, my heart goes out to all prostitutes for real, because they're like, I don't believe anyone like grows up. You know, no little girl's like I want to be a prostitute one day. Like, I it's, just know, it's just terrible decision after unfortunate circumstance after terrible decision leads to prostitution.
0: It's just a bad deal in the hand, bad card deal.
1: Yeah, and no doubt we all have choices, but I mean, there are there's so many, there's so much human trafficking going on. Like there's children. Being sold into sex slavery. And we're talking about like... Two year olds. Three year olds. And they they grow up thinking that that is normal life.
0: You know what we need to look up? I heard this. We need to look it up. Uh, Obviously we can't use my phone. But... I heard... I-20... Of Birmingham to Atlanta. Is the busiest highway of sex trafficking transportation?
1: I I fully believe that.
0: But I would have to look it up, but I heard. Well it goes like straight through
1: Birmingham and Atlanta, so like I I completely agree. And I, I've actually heard that, maybe read that somewhere as well. Obviously we don't we'll have to do more research for sure. But I definitely believe that.
0: Another scary thing, too, is we definitely have to research this. But I also heard, you know, airports, you know, you have to go through customs and all that. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with harbors. You know, if you come in on a boat, you know, you got to go through customs and all that. But I heard Mobile doesn't have a customs department.
2: Yeah, Birmingham port.
0: And so they can just come in. They don't have to check nothing. Yep. And then they can ride a river all the way to. I heard there's like a river, like maybe Black Warrior River. Black
2: no. Warrior River. Yep. Locust Fort River, all that ties together.
1: And there's also a train track that goes from Mobile all the way up through Birmingham. Goes right through Birmingham.
0: Yep. And so that's the only port. Nobody has to check your, your. Cut. Yeah. Your stuff. Right. And then Birmingham to Atlanta's busiest highway. You know, Which crazy. it could explain why it's the busiest highway since yeah. nothing's getting checked.
2: The craziest Correct. part about all that, if you look and see who owns all the land that goes up on those riverbanks and all the businesses around it, it's about seven people. Mm. <laughs> and we're not gonna say any names, but we got them. <laughs>
0: yeah. I also heard those seven people have immigration lawyers. They do. And they own businesses that have nothing to do with that.
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> so if you
0: we gonna hey <laughs> this one's gonna make some buzz we might get some warning shots here and get some bricks to the window hey. we'll drop
2: some names next time y'all stop what you're you throw doing. a brick through my
0: window I'm gonna drop a name
2: <laughs> every brick is a name brother <laughs>
0: <laughs> but all ten people y'all are gonna have to relay the message
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we gotta get this stuff out right. so we, well, need, we really need help it's they're real, not gonna man. be too worried about it yeah
1: it's real bro most people don't even realize what we're talking about, even though we're telling them. That's what's sad. Yeah. And like me and Mason were talking earlier about. Yeah, sorry, I'm late, guys. By the way. No, you're good. <laughs> well, welcome, Luke. <laughs> I had to get that vegan diet going. Yeah, man. Just or got to keep through, it going uh, rather.
2: Cooking some vegan spaghetti, bro. It, was, uh, it
1: Sounds like I'm eating my own foot.
2: It was good. It was good. Um, I'm enjoying it, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm sorry. The past what three nights you've been trying to do this one and Yep. putting you off, Mason. I apologize.
0: Hey, Amen. that's that's fine. Sometimes you just gotta. All you just gotta side. get up and do it. I mean, look at my face.
2: Gosh, you are freaking worried. You By the way, that? Did, have you told the people what you're doing right now? Yeah,
0: kind of told them. Uh, I got poison ivy or oak. I can never know yeah. the difference. It all over my face.
2: Yeah, and it's more heavy on the right side of your face.
0: It's def. It was starting to. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you look
2: like a Harvey Dent right now. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite that bad. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not that bad. You
0: know, I th- I was looking at myself in the mirror and I thought, man, I look like uh, I look like the Nile River after God plagued it with blood and oh, all the yeah. alligators <laughs> threw up in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah.
1: That's a terrible confidence attack on yourself Yeah, happened man you're only that's
2: not you got into some deep stuff to start this one didn't y'all we did yeah. uh, and hey if we
0: got any more information on that
2: I mean we do but I don't know if we need to go all in on it up um, I'm well studied in that uh, category because uh, it's dear to my heart and, let's uh, that's how we let's how we go in on it you know what guys if you want to hear more get in that risky business email you can look that up yeah I mean you can't just be hard to find yeah but. I was to say you're gonna have to do some, some heavy research yeah um, but it's there it's most definitely there um if we're talking about corrupt businesses and stuff like that we could talk about how how corrupt the um the prison systems are ooh I mean that's a whole another ball dang right dude there.
0: that's something else I need to study on private there's you know there's normal prisons and then there's private prisons yeah.
1: Well, the private pr- It don't matter. Like, all the or... prisons are owned, and people make money. Like, they make serious money. Basically, the government pays them a ridiculous amount per inmate per day. Like, you know how I, Luke... me and Luke used to work in hospice. Yeah. And hospice patients, the family or their insurance or whatever, they have to pay, like, what, $183 a day? Something like that. So, I can't imagine... What are they paying
0: $183 for?
2: Hospice care. Like Hospice care. Basically, being, old people getting taken care
1: of. Uh, yeah. People but, that can't take care of
2: themselves being okay. taken care so, of. So, hypothetically, because... All right, so prison systems are arguably one of the most corrupt businesses in the world. And they... You figure there's 2.5 million incarcerated Americans right now. Um probably give or take a little more than that but just off the top of your head they charge in like 60 to 100 dollars a night per inmate do the math on that and that's how much money roundabout, about how much money prison systems produce I mean who's paying that money the taxpayers
1: yeah the taxpayers it's basically so if I wanted to profit from the um justice system, I would buy land, build a prison, or I mean I could buy an old building and turn it into a prison or whatever. So say i buy land, build a prison, I'm basically from their business standpoint in their minds, in some of their minds, they're basically building a hotel that they know will be filled by the taxpayers. So if your jail is full all the time, you're literally getting basically all those rooms rented out every single day, yeah. and that's why they put people in jail for so long for the mildest things,
2: like marijuana she, possession. Yeah, and it would lock you up. So, give you. Right, well, sorry.
1: with marijuana, there's like a there's like a three strike.
2: You're out. Alright, do y'all want to hear some numbers crunching real quick? Absolutely. Alright, so let's just hypothetically say there's 2.5 million incarcerated uh, Americans right now. And you do $65 a night. That's low-balling. Okay? Then you're going to times that by 365 days. Which is a year, correct? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much that is, but that's a lot. Was that... Almost sixty billion dollars. Yeah,
1: fifty-nine billion, three hundred and twelve million, five hundred thousand dollars.
2: Yeah. So sixty billion dollars they're making off of, you know, locking people up.
0: Yeah.
1: So you, basically,
0: you can say Staying in a room with bunk beds and a toilet. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, you're not providing like a hotel. Think about a hotel. All the maids that they pay, they're constantly washing clothes. They're constantly updating the rooms, they're constantly buying pillows, they're constantly buying towels that people steal like all kinds of like over like over the top money like if you if you run a business you know that there's a certain amount of your money that comes off the top of your profit because you got to put back into your business. You don't have to do that with jail hardly at all because really the only thing that you got to pay for is like food just to feed them legally they have to feed them three times a day.
2: Oh, there's some prisons, man. I, re- I was looking at one the other day. Um, it has, in in one section of the prison, it's got 185 inmates, right? Right. They only have 115 beds. Yeah. So, 70 people are without a bed unless you're doubled up, you know. But, that was a documented number that they put on this documentary about these prisons like 185 people but only 115 beds
0: and since it is a business they're trying to keep people in yeah they want to keep people and just get people arrested
1: and the thing is with it's so crazy dude I I watched a documentary and they were talking about how if say say somebody goes to prison for say they get a 10-year sentence and in that 10 years, say they, they did something really bad, they got caught, they're in prison for 10 years, but they're really good for all 10 years, so their good behavior's coming up, so their, their file will come up to review early, and when they review it, they will actually turn that person down and make him stay the full time, because they won't repeat offenders. So say another guy did the same thing, they did it together. Did the same thing 10 years. And through that 10 years, he has a couple strikes. Like, got in a fight and then, you know, got caught with some cigarettes and then hit a guy in the face with his tray at lunch. Like, he's got all these hits on his profile. They'll open his up and they'll let him out early because they know if they let him out at seven years, he's gonna, he's obviously going to do something else. They're going to be able to stack him up. 25 to life for the next thing that he does and that that was like a that was on a documentary that was a documentary that was a prisoner talking explaining his story that he was too good and they wouldn't let him out early on parole because he didn't have any strikes on his against his
2: uh file It's insane yeah it's corrupt and that's just on like the surface of like how they treat him like if you get in a prison now, I have never been to prison, but I've talked and seen a lot of people who have been, and they'll talk about the, the inside of it. It's a whole other world in there.
1: Like, yeah. Um, it's called institutionalization. Yeah. Because you, you get a, and they, what sucks is like, say I'm a kid and I want to do, I try ecstasy for the first time. Right. I'm like, dang, that was pretty cool and I'm with the wrong crowd, so I've never done anything bad in my life, really, but I order, say, 30 pills from somebody from wherever, and they send it to, through the mail, and say I get caught, well, I'm getting, I'm getting charged for distribution of an illegal substance. Like, I'm getting charged like 10 years minimum for having a whole bag of ecstasy. To,
2: no, they with you intention by, to they charge you by the pill I know stuff.
1: I've heard by the pill 10 years per pill yeah. but I mean obviously there there's people that have sold right. yeah so um, say that happens to me and then I get put in prison a good kid I just was in, with the wrong group at the wrong time shouldn't have done it but I did it so I go to prison for 10-15 years when I get out of prison I'm not that good kid anymore because when you go to prison you learn more evil in prison you learn how the game works and on top of that you are institutionalized which means you get used to basically being a caged animal so when you experience freedom for the first time it's like the the quote unquote preacher's daughter that goes buck wild as soon as she can drive she's been, she feels like she's been caged, and our rebellious human nature just takes over. Like, a lady at work today was telling me about this dog that lived across the street. It was chained up its whole life. She would go over there and feed it once a day. She felt so bad for it. And she said, one day after about a year, uh, and it had like a heavy chain on it. Mm. It made the dog strong, but it was a heavy chain. Right. So she said, one day, I just felt so bad, I took the chain off of it, and she said that it shot out the gate. And it just took off running it was obviously happy but it was running buck wild up and down like down the street she lost it immediately so when she said that I just had a picture of people when they are not used to great um, great amounts of freedom and then they're given freedom it's like they just go buck wild because they don't know how to handle all that freedom
2: yeah
0: well they don't know how to function in society you ever seen uh, Shawshank Redemption I think yeah I think they like the a movie there's like a old guy he'd been in prison a long time then he finally gets out and he don't even know how to go back to normal life and he ends up killing himself yeah Oof. and that's real life because he didn't know how to he felt so lost and like yeah because I, if you miss
1: 15 years and you're you're in prison for 15 years okay think about 15 years ago right cell phones are like they're just now coming out with like flip phones and like they don't have Netflix yet. And like you come out and you see all this. And then I mean, obviously you'll hear about stuff and culture changes in the prisons. But as far as like seeing all that, yeah, you come out to a different world. And on top of that, you're used to sitting in your cell all day long, playing cards for an hour a day, then shooting hoops for an hour a day, and then just doing push-ups the rest of the day for fun for 15 years and then you come out well guess what you have to find a job you have to communicate with people that aren't evil I'm not saying every inmate's evil I'm just saying right? Yeah. A, when you you're basically grouping a bunch of people that have made bad decisions and they're just going to influence bad decisions on each
0: other and you gotta let everybody know you're an ex-con which makes it even tougher even so, if you yeah, even right. if you're good behavior and all that well, yeah. If
1: if, well, yeah. If you're in there for that long, you it was a felony charge. It had to have been. So yeah, on every job application, everything and that that right there is part of the system too. They don't want you to be able to get a j- good job because they know that you'll go back to stealing, killing, and destroying to get what you need. And actually, um, the word ghetto was a it was it was a german experiment they put a bunch of dogs with limited resources in a in small environment no they did that to the jews and they killed each other i know but it started with dogs
0: oh yeah
1: and then they did it with the jews and it causes obviously if it's just us three and there's one chicken leg on the ground eventually i mean not us three because we're we're best friends but like if you put three people there's one chicken leg there's going to be some fighting over it, yeah. or at least verbal altercations. But when you put somebody in a lifestyle of having to live like that, it creates strife. But that word, The word ghetto is a German experimental word for putting a bunch of dogs in a small environment with limited resources. And they, they fight each other and they kill each other. That's just how it is. Mm. and then unfortunately you have people out there that are proud to be from the ghetto like you hear them repping their street <laughs> and like and it's no knock on them that it's yeah. not their fault they grew up in that environment so that's all they know that's how they find their identity yeah they identify with you know whatever street they're from and if you're from another street well then there's a competition it's just like rival schools at that point, but you live it your whole life. So unfortunately, their whole entire lives, they have this chip on their shoulder. It's, it's like a the way that they approach life is through competitiveness because they are automatically comparing themselves to everybody else and that's why they have so much pride, especially the ones that get out of the ghetto. That's why they're proud that they were from the ghetto is because they made it out. So it's, it's kind of like, like, I'm in the Air Force, so obviously I have pride that I made it through basic training. Like, I, I'm proud of that. So I think that's kind of the same thing. It's like the grassroots. Man, you don't know what it's like having to sleep in the same bed with 14 people. Like, you don't know what it's like Having to wait on a food stamp just so we can get uh, one loaf of bread and then a box of crackers to last us for a week. So there's something about the struggle. I mean, think about think about your life. Think about all the hardest times you ever went through, and then think about the bonds that you made with those people going through that. Like, the, those are the things that that create an identity, especially if your identity isn't rooted in Christ. In society today, they're so controlled by what their TV tells them. Like, no matter what it is, like, that is forming their reality of the way that they see the world. So, uh, me and Mason were talking earlier, and he, he read a Was it a documentary, or did you watch a documentary, or did you read a forum on it, or... On what?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard, uh...
1: So, the pain, like, people see so much pain on TV, it, like, sears their conscience, and it makes them, when they see something bad, they're like, well, it's all over the place, so we can't even do anything about it
0: anyway. Yeah, yeah, when it's machine gun to you every day, every morning, and you you get this sense of overwhelming that the every day you see it it like it becomes less and less possible in your mind that the world can change and the further it gets away from that the closer it gets to it it just becomes normal every day and you're just like as long as it as long as it doesn't happen in my town I'm good
1: right and it it makes people self-centered yeah, it makes them think instead of Christians praying for those people I think a lot of Christians just stay in their little room and thank God that it's not happening where they're at because and th- that's not all Christians obviously because I know many churches and many many Christians and pastors that are constantly praying for the world and there's there's people that devote their lives to pray for people outside of their own community yeah. so um definitely not everybody but I believe the vast majority of Christians in, in a whole like as a whole not just like this one specific subject I think a lot of Christians spend a lot of time only thanking God for what they have. They don't really it and it, it's a it's a part of the selfishness that is that they get from the T V because if you watch T V it's all about Commercials of how your, your skin can look better. Commercials about how your life can get better. You see millionaires getting more and more and more and more money for talking about how they became a millionaire. Like, yeah. It's so ridiculous how people will eat that stuff up, but they also, in the back of their minds... They're like, well, that can never happen to me. So there's like a there's like a two way street going where they self destruct on themselves, even though they are hearing somebody that said these things work for me. Apply them to your life, and your life will change. And then, but just, how
0: it goes is uh,
1: you'll do it for a week and
0: then quit. Well how the I've seen videos too of like people talking about how they got rich and it's like well I uh I quit my job and then I got a, a small loan of a million dollars given to me. Yeah. And you're like but <laughs> wait what? Well that's how that's how Have you Donald, seen that Donald Trump? Trump? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but I've seen other they, videos too of like they right. somehow acquired I I remember one I remember one exact video. This guy was like uh he's like twenty eight and he's like he owns all these houses and he has people rent it out and so he's constantly like buying houses and like having people rent it out to him and he's like big into real estate, but he's twenty eight years old, he's basically like retired and he's rich.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's trying to tell you how he got there, but one one of the, the biggest things that happened to him was early on he supposedly had like a a neighbor or some or he somehow had a colleague that was in the real estate and he was a millionaire and that guy taught him everything and that was kind of part of his teaching process was well i met this guy and you're like oh
1: yeah so introduce me to a millionaire yeah real estate agent that has all the tricks and was willing to give them to me yeah so that's what i need to do to get where you're at thanks yeah. but like the ones that are like they always. I've, I've noticed a trend. Success. Uh, so many successful people. Maybe all of them wake up early in the morning. Early in the morning. And they make their bed. And they make their bed like the animals. <laughs> but waking up, and there's so much truth even in that video. If you make your bed, that's a that's a small discipline. That that's his point is you wake up early and you create one discipline for yourself and I listened to another woman who's very successful she said I just got to a point where I would I would hit snooze all the time I hated my job I did all this and I she said one day she said it's the stupidest thing but one day I pretended NASA was there and I said out loud five four three two one and I got up and I was like that's, that's silly so the next night i Next morning, I did it again, and I got up, so she said, over the next three months she she got up early every single time doing that, and she noticed throughout the day that there were little moments in life all throughout the day where she would give herself a countdown and it would it's It's like this little time where this little time in our minds, before our rationality kicks in, our mind comes up with a good idea that of something that we should do. And if you wait too long, you'll talk yourself out of it. So she started doing that throughout the day. Five, four, three, two, one. And then doing it. And she created a healthy lifestyle. Just something as simple as that.
0: Well, it's, it's, I don't know what it is about being productive and just efficient. It It builds self confidence and self esteem and self worth yeah and what's crazy is people base their a lot of people's self worth gets hurt cause they base it on external things like other people or right. money or grades or whatever and even if you're struggling with that what is it why is it so crazy that if you do something productive like make your bed or clean your room clean your bathroom it builds that self-worth even though nobody will see that nobody knows that you're doing that it still builds it well i think that
1: it it creates self-discipline which is where i believe it starts so if you view yourself as a lazy piece of garbage that is your reality and even in the bible when jesus most of the time when jesus is talking about being not when he says i am the truth or even when he says i'm the truth that word for truth is reality. So whatever you believe is your reality, which in turn is your truth. Ooh. So if you believe in your heart and in your mind that you're a lazy piece of crap, that's the lifestyle that you're going to live. Because every time something comes up, you're going to be like, well, I'm lazy anyway, might as well stay lazy. But what, that, what the discipline does when you wake up and you make your bed, that's a little victory. And it, it boosts, it boosts your. And it, the reason the making your bed, the reason why that's so powerful is because it's the first thing that you have the opportunity. It's the first battle of the day that you have an opportunity to win or even fight. And it, yeah. I mean, I don't make my bed every morning. Matter of fact, I never make my bed. My wife makes my bed. Praise the Lord. But come on.
0: Amen.
1: But the thing is, it's it's the little bitty. Like for me, my current uh my current battle and it sounds ridiculous, but my current battle is eating breakfast every morning. When I wake up, I take thirty thirty seconds to a minute, cook me an egg, throw a little bacon in there, and then I eat breakfast. And I've been doing that for a little while now. And it's it it's it's a, it's created like a like a daily routine and the power of routines which is tied to discipline very closely the power of a routine is it gives you more time in your day that you're not thinking about what you should do or thinking about what to do next um that's why like if you have an off day luke is so good at this luke is so good if he has an off day he has his day planned out and it's so powerful because he's like all right i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna work out at 10 then I'm going to eat lunch. Then I'm going to run some errands, be done by two. Then i got to go help this girl move at four. So he's already got all this done. So because of that plan, well, he's going to set an alarm. He's going to get up on time for sure. When it's so easy on, a, on an off day, the lazy person says, I've earned to sleep in. And I used to be like that. On my off days, that was my goal is to sleep. I love what Arnold Schwarzenegger said about sleep. He said, most people need eight hours of sleep. I say sleep faster. <laughs> Get six hours of sleep, then you got 18 hours
0: to work with. So, Dude, a lot of motivational speakers say that.
2: It's that all, Gary Vee guy there's said that. There's so
1: much about sleep, dude. I'm telling you. The Rock, he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and works out twice before most people wake up. He wakes up, does... Uh, does cardio then he eats breakfast then he works out again then he's on set at by 7 and most people are waking up around 7 and he's already done 2 workouts and ate breakfast and it it's I guarantee you it started with something as in, insignificant as making his bed
0: yeah that's strange though cause like you hear that and people like me that'll hear that I'm like how, dude? How do you do that? But to him, it's like so normal. But it also makes you think, dude. Like your mind can get to a certain point where that is normal and it's not hard. It's just a routine. Just that's as, what I'm it, it'd be just as easy as me. I get up at like seven thirty. Yeah. it's just as easy for him to get up at four and do all that. It's nothing to him. But to me, I'm like, how? Exactly. At the same time, I can be like, dude. I bet you that's if he can do it, then it's possible to have that mindset. Yeah.
1: But I guarantee you, he doesn't go to bed at midnight. Yeah. Some nights he does for sure. You know, if he's working late or if he's coming, you know, from freaking Japan on a plane, he gets off the plane late. But like on his normal day to day, when he's uh, in a city on set, I can almost guarantee you he ain't staying up till midnight, then waking up before. He, he plans his rest, rest is very important. And it's also when you eat, it's not good to eat right before you go to bed, because if you eat before you go to bed you your mind may be asleep, but your body is working and we've we've all woke up in the morning, slept eight hours, and felt terrible yeah. right like that's a thing it happens to the best of us, but if you you're not supposed to eat I think two or three hours before you go to bed, which I eat. Like, for me to go to sleep, I, like, have to eat something. Unfortunately, that's just how I am. And it's usually milk. I love a good glass of milk before I go to bed. But if you eat right before you go to sleep, your your body, your intestines, all of that is working. It doesn't get a chance to rest near as long as your mind. So you can be clear-minded but feel terrible. But also, if you're, if if you drink a lot of, eat if you eat sugar or if you or if you eat a lot of sugar or if you drink an energy drink and you still manage to fall asleep, well then your body not only doesn't get that rest, but your mind has all that caffeine in it and it's working. And or if you have uh if you dream a lot if it's a, if it's a stressful dream, then your mind is awake and you're like that's when you're jerking in your sleep all night, you're talking in your sleep. Yeah. And all those things can make you wake up and you are mentally drained and your body is physically tired. Yeah. And that's something that I got to work on. But the power of routine is there was a 2 week process in my life where I just started eating clean. I just made myself start going to bed by 11. I don't have to wake up till 6:30 or 6, 6:30. 6, so I I was giving myself 7 hours of sleep. And I did it for 2 weeks straight. And on top of that, I was eating great. I wanted to eat great. And actually, in that in that two weeks, I was waking up at
0: 5.30. Yeah.
1: 5 or 5.30. So I was, because I was making myself go to bed, I was able to work, wake up earlier, and I will work out before work and after work. So I was getting two days in for two weeks, and I was eating clean, and I felt great in those two weeks. My energy level was perfectly normal, even better on my average day, yeah, and it all came from. It started. Uh, Luke inspired me. He he went had a trip out to Atlanta, and they went to this church, and then he, uh, heard some tips from this uh, Christian leader, and literally when he came back, Luke was so fired up. He impacted my life for two weeks. The only reason I quit doing that is because I had to go out of town and I didn't do well when I was out of town. It was hard. I had to go to uh, Mississippi for a week, and I you know, I didn't have my groceries there. I didn't have the money to just go buy a bunch of clean groceries for one week. So I didn't eat terrible. I bought a bunch of like beef jerky and stuff just to snack on, but other than that, I ate pretty poorly. And then from that point on till now, that was like two months ago, three months ago, I haven't gotten back into that phase.
0: Yeah. Well, this I'll end it with this. It's a little like testament of routines and and like self-esteem and all that. So most of twenty nineteen, it's been get, for me. It's been you know, wake up, go to work, and then when I get off work, I, I'm just doing whatever I want. I you know I, I gotta. I got I've been trying to work out, but I got a really good routine I've been doing for about a month now on working out, but we'll say that started in July. So like January to to June it was go to work, come home, and I'm just playing PlayStation, right, Where I'm trying to hang out with friends. Yeah. And then which is great. Nothing wrong with I love PlayStation, nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with friends. Right, for sure. But just doing that for six months, just going to a, a normal job and then coming home and just living a normal life, it uh, it slowly just ate into my mentality and like my the 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 point of view of myself, which was like I my mind slowly became where I was like, dude, I'm going nowhere. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. I, my life sucks it didn't actually suck it was just nothing was going on no sense of purpose and then so i got so sick and tired of it i was like man i gotta i gotta change my routine Mm -hmm. and uh well i'll say this too in those six to seven months too it was also uh, affecting my spirit Mm -hmm. so i'm like I'm thinking something's wrong with me and God and our, our relationship's not good or I feel like I'm not as close to Him as I should be even though I'm trying to spend time with Him. It's just doing all of that working and, and just doing nothing after work. It was like, it wasn't affecting our relationship but mentally I, I thought it was. And so now I've started working out right after work and then instead of PlayStation uh, I'll either try to spend time with the Lord, or I'll just work on the, something on the podcast, yeah. something, something kind of podcast related. Yeah. And in those three to four weeks, I have felt a tremendous difference uh, in my, just in a, less than a month, I have felt a tremendous difference in... In your reality. In my reality, and in how I view my life, because... Now it's like, even my relationship with God, nothing has changed in the past half year, relationship wise. I wouldn't even say I I've started spending more time with Him. Yeah. It's just using my time correctly. It's in a, somehow in a way cleared my mentality. It's brought down the fog a little bit. Yeah. And my reality has become more okay. This is what it actually is, and it's always been like uh, a purpose-led life through Jesus. Yeah. And that's all it's been this year. It's just now my eyes are being opened up to that because I've, I've made, I've, uh, I've driven myself. What hell am I saying? It.
1: You've aimed. Yeah. You've focused your life.
0: I have, yeah, I've focused my life. Basically, I'm saying just changing my routine and becoming just more productive.
1: Prioritized your time.
0: I've prioritized my time. It is, in a way, I haven't even, like I said, I haven't even spent more time with God than usual. It's been about the same.
1: But it's more intentional.
0: Yeah, but in a way that's even helped my relationship Mm -hmm. with Him. And it's be and it's even taken away people deal with like guilt and shame all the time.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I'm still like you know, nobody's perfect, so I'm still dealing with stuff. Yeah, for sure. But it's somehow easier to come back and not deal with it as much just 'cause it's like you know, I know I'm I know I'm doing whatever God's wanting me to do. At least I'm closer to that than I was a few weeks ago when I was just playing PlayStation and and doing whatever. Right. So it's like, even though I'm messing up, I know I've taken a step in the right direction to whatever I'm supposed to do in my life. Right. And it all starts with, like you said, it all starts with small stuff like fixing your bed in the morning. Everybody's trying to figure out what God wants to do with their life. Everybody's focused on the future, when all he's saying is today, he gives you your daily bread, like that prayer. Yeah. it's all, And all he says is, you know, fix your bed or clean your room. Yeah. Or clean your bathroom.
1: The first thing he said. It's,
0: and it's always a purpose because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that look that you gave me.
0: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, it, everything he says is it, a purpose. It's not like just clean the room just because. it's always well, he lives in your room. You know? Yeah. So. That's where you spend time with them.
1: Exactly. And you you really hit on something when you said, everybody's worried about what is is God's plan for my life? Like, that's such a vague question. Uh, I actually just had a conversation with somebody today, and they said, I hear people all the time say, God called me to preach, or God called me to do this, told me to do that. And they said, my question is, how do you know? How do you know? And my simple answer was, Okay, if I was your father, and you didn't spend time with me, how would you know what I wanted you to do?
0: Yeah.
1: And it's literally that simple. God is our Father, and the more time that we spend with Him intentionally, the more He we will hear His voice in day-to-day life, the more that we will walk... That's what walking with Jesus is, is just acknowledging Him in all that we do. Yeah. So, and it's literally... You look at any any freaking great story, it all starts with something small. If you look at the karate kid, he he doesn't become the karate kid by learning all these fantastic things. He learns it from painting a fence and wax on and wax off on a car. Yeah. Like it's literally the repetition of doing the small things correctly every day rather than learning something big once every now and then. Yeah. And the day-to-day Christian is so worried about, and that's why Jesus, He didn't want us to worry about the future because tomorrow has its own worries. Today is where He wants us. And that's all part of living in the moment. That's all part of, and that's the power of becoming childlike. The reason kids have fun no matter what they're doing is because they don't care about what's going on two weeks from now. They don't have that that worry in their heart about my mortgage comes out in six days and I only have this much money and my mortgage is this much money. A kid is fired up because of what's going on right now. And that's where Jesus wants us to be, is living life. The only place that you can find joy or peace or any anything good is right now. yeah. Because the future... Nobody truly knows the future but God. Like, even both of y'all right now, the Bible says, don't say that I'm going to leave later when y'all leave my house. The Bible says, don't say that you're going to leave. Say, if the Lord is willing, I'm going to leave here later.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: and it... It's, God's trying to create a picture of total reliance in Him and total... Uh, He wants us to incorporate ourselves inside of Him. He wants us to be exactly what He says that we are. He wants us to believe His Word. He wants us to believe that He is the truth, which means the reality. He wants us to be in reality with Him, inside of Him.
0: Yeah. Dang. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because even... Like I was saying earlier, just working on the physical, it helps the spiritual. Well, it's because we are a trinity within a trinity.
2: You got
1: God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So that's God, and then you got Jesus, the body, and then you got Spirit, the spirit. God is like the mastermind. God the Father is like the mastermind. So. In a way, you can look at it as like he's the mind, he, and then Jesus is the body, and then Holy Spirit is the spirit. Yeah. We have a mind, a body, and a spirit. So, and trust me, it, it goes so much deeper, and I could go on a whole tangent, but it would offend a lot of people for no reason. But I, I I'll say this: I I see Christians everywhere that talk so much about forgiveness and pride and greed and all the things that they are not but it is a sin to be lazy it is a sin to be gluttonous yeah and there's a lot of overweight Christians and I'm not saying it's all their fault but if they weren't lazy and they didn't overeat I'll just leave it at that
0: I will say this too everybody has beauty inside of them some people have natural beauty and it seems unfair because they just grow up puberty was good to them dude think about it how many quote
1: unquote now this is very immature way of thinking but how many people growing up that you can think of when you were younger that were ugly and now are attractive because they have taken care of their body it's
0: a low number but
1: well a low number of people make that decision in life yeah I believe if every every unhealthy person if they would work out every day and eat right and get off their butt quit watching four hours of TV every day and did something God created all of us as beautiful what we do in this life spiritually mentally physically defines how we look how we think and how we are spiritually so yeah. which is a trinity like if I'm going to take care of my mind if I'm going to protect my mind I mean it's like going into battle and I'm like well I'm going to get a helmet but I don't want to I don't want to cure us. I don't want to breastplate Because I don't care about my body. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, people, give me the sword. Give me the sword of the spirit. Give me the hell and salvation. Well, that's all important. But the breastplate of righteousness is equally important. Yeah, you have to put on the full armor of God. Now I use that out of context. Obviously, the context of the the breastplate of righteousness is knowing that you are righteous because Jesus is righteous, and we are the righteousness in Christ. But to fit the conversation of how important it is to take care of your your natural body,
0: that's why I said that. But well, it says your body is a temple yeah Holy Spirit lives inside it's not just like it's not just you know your body's a temple so keep it clean by you know being humble or having integrity it's no some maybe it's it's that too but it's also maybe like you said you need to work out you need to eat right Right. because these days food will hurt your temple it will make your temple unhealthy and uh, what I was saying about beauty it's uh It's uh You know. You hear, well, you know, that person is beautiful on the inside. You know, that's that's how that's calling somebody ugly. Basically, it's like, oh, they got beauty on the inside. Right. It's like no, I've never seen one person like work work on their body and it made them less attractive. Exactly. Like God, when God designed us, He He made a beautiful body exactly. for every person, and every person has that beautiful body in them and we're not saying you need to get up and stop being lazy we're saying you know no I am saying that yeah we are saying that but for those people out there too that might struggle with insecurity or they think they look bad all, all we're saying is it's you don't have to think like that yeah you can work on your body today
1: and you and gotta start by stop creating your reality as automatically starting every day thinking that you are ugly because your outward beauty doesn't matter in the sense of the materialistic the whole bougie world that we live in we're just saying that if you want to be more physically attractive everyone has majority of people have the ability to in, well everybody has the ability to enhance their life to, yeah. make, to live more of an abundant life. Yeah. God's given us that gift and yes some situations are tougher than others but yeah. I've heard story after story of people that have came up from absolutely nothing but they worked hard And they are who they are today because of their work ethic.
0: Yeah. That's how it is, you know. God, God's a fair God, and yeah, some people might have it naturally, but everybody has potential to be dime pieces. Yeah. And it's that simple. If you want it, God made sure it could happen for you.
1: Yeah.
0: And. uh, And furthermore. Everybody has
1: the opportunity to better themselves, whether that be physical, spiritual, or mentally. If you go home every single day, and you watch... I almost said The Bachelorette, but I would have gotten some heat on that one. (laughs) But if you just go home every day, and you watch the same show, or you play the same game, or you... Whatever you do, if you don't target that time and energy, you will become, in a sense, whatever that show says that you should be, or whatever Whatever your activity is, you will become like that. You will think like that. So, we're just saying, don't be lazy. If you want to be lazy, you can't complain. You can't be a complainer and lazy yeah that's all we're saying now if you work your butt off you can complain
0: yeah
1: you shouldn't we're not condoning complaining but
0: And it winded with this if you feel stuck in life like I felt stuck all it took was a simple change of the routine
1: yep
0: and I didn't even fully give up playstation I still played it yeah for sure one of the smallest changes I made moderation is key yeah one of the smallest changes I made but it was such a big difference was when I first started changing my routine I'd still go home and play a little bit of playstation but instead of playing music because I played music I played a, a message somebody giving a sermon yeah and so I was you know I'm playing playstation too but I'm listening to a sermon so maybe my full focus ain't there but I'm I'm still listening to it right and it's still like helped and by the end of the sermon I had my playstation cut off yeah and I had a I turned on worship music I had a great moment and then I went and worked out yeah and that just that one little gesture just yeah. not listening to music and listening to a sermon it's what jump started now it's like I'm working on podcasts spending time with God yeah I'm working out a lot more and my life just seems a lot more uh, there's a lot more of a fulfillment right now yeah uh, just because of that one little gesture yeah and it's God makes it easy he says his burden's light so yeah take it how you want to leave it if you want to be beautiful just go to the gym
1: but well, first got to believe that you already are yeah because confidence is is huge see confidence is not looking around and thinking that you're better than people true confidence is not comparing yourself to others when you walk in a room you you have no thought of he looks better than me she looks better than me I look better than them It's you just walk in a room, and you own who you are, and you're not ashamed of who you are. You're not thinking about how you wish you were something you're not. Confidence, true confidence, is accepting who you are and embracing who you are. That's what true confidence is.
0: I keep trying to end this, but I want to say this, too. Yeah all that is really good and if you're asking how do how do I, I I'm, I've i been thinking like that my whole life how do I not compare myself because it seems so natural instead of like comparing yourself if you're for people and you're if you see somebody and you think they're beautiful you should applaud that maybe even go encourage them yeah because if you make your life about uh, if you take away that self thinking and because yeah. everybody's dealing with that everybody's Everybody's dealing with comparing themselves and not feeling good enough. So if you take that away from yourself and and aim that to somebody else, just being nice to them and all that, and and being for the people, that will build your confidence. Absolutely. And well, I'll end it
1: in in tangent with that with a quote. Jealousy is respect drenched in pride. Oof. Who said that? Did you make that up? I can't remember where I heard that, but...
0: That's a good quote.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So instead of drenching that respect in pride, just drench it in, in a kindness and encouragement. Or just pay the
2: respect. Yeah, but it'll build your confidence. Hit us up, Risky Business.